Hello and welcome to the Awesome Cast and Third Impact Anime Podcast Live Podcast Jamboree, a live podcast, I suppose. Hi, I'm Basil. I'm Kevin. And that's us as far as the Awesome Cast goes. And uh, I'm Austin from the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Hi, I'm Tori, also from the Third Impact Anime Podcast. And my name is Daryl Surratt from the Anime World Order Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Daryl. I wish I was as powerful as Daryl, but no, I'm Tobias with again with Third Impact. Yeah, and I'm Jeremy Parrish from the Retronauts. You know, <laughs> and Evan Mental. Why still don't you follow me on Twitter? <laughs> so now you may be asking. This is a live podcast thing. We're actually recording an episode about a thing, and so you might be asking, what are we talking about? Well, this is all because of America's darling, Tobias McNabb. Aww. He Am once I had America's a d- darling? Yeah. Oh, you are now. It's on a podcast. It must be true. That's all that matters. I love that picture of me. You're at least Asheville's darling. So there was a time that Tobias watched a movie that he very much enjoyed that they, were go- they recorded and a whole episode about. Then the audio got eaten by a grew. I will take full responsibility for that. It's totally my bad. As you should. Because I forgot to click the little red button. And so when we decided to do this uh, live podcast thing, I thought, well, let's, ah, the Awesome Cast also needs to record an episode about this same movie. So let's just let's do it together. So we're going to be talking about The Night is Short, Walk-On Girl, directed by uh, Masaki Iwasa, animated by uh, Science Saru, based off a novel by uh, Tomihiko uh, Mamori. <laughs> Man, I, I every time I forget how much I like this movie until I watch any part of it, then I'm like, oh right, I love this movie. Oh. Basil was, you know, pulled up the trailer back in, like, the hotel room, and just the first couple notes of the theme played, and I'm like, is that a nice short walk-on girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is such a fun movie. Just, uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Basil. Just, like, every time I see, like, a frame or a clip from this movie, I'm just like, man, I want to sit down and watch this again. It's so fun. Coincidence. 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 Coincidence? <laughs> like, this, 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 this apparently came about because um, they did a, they did a, TV show adaptation of the Tatami Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the book by the same author. Mm-hmm. Right, with this apparently this more or less the same crew because uh, Iwasa and the crew, they loved doing the Tatami Galaxy so much, they wanted to actually do it all over again, but they'd already made the Tatami Galaxy, and so apparently in this option to make an anime about this book came up, he was like, yes, let's, let's, let's get the gang back together, but let's do this one more time, and, and thank God for it's ah. Uh, like if you have not seen just just uh, go, just go watch it. It's it's amazing. But we're gonna talk about it. So, um, who wants to read the the, the crew? I can go ahead and do that here since go I'm for the it. resident Yuasa fanboy. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is directed by Masaki Yuasa, uh, whom I'm a huge fan of. He's more of a cult anime director up until the year this came out, really. Yeah. Uh, we have a uh, you know very early 2000s. He directed Mind Game, a very trippy. Uh, just off the wall film. We have a uh, 2008's Kaiba, which did just recently get a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release thanks to Discotech and on streaming. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's on streaming now, of course, on Crunchyroll. Uh, in 2013 or so, he founded this new studio. Previously, he was working with like Madhouse and uh, 4C, uh, sort of as a jumping back and forth, but founded Science Saru in 2013 with his protege, Unyong Che, who uh, very much uh, embodies his style as well. And uh, like Basil said, this is both the original work and the, uh, you know, but, but the original novel and these movies are spiritual successors to the Tatami Galaxy, the anime adaptation from 2010. And if nothing else, go back and watch the Tatami Galaxy. It is very similar in certain ways, but uh, in, uh, thematically in the way the characters are, are created and characterized, very different than the Tatami Galaxy. I, I think he said that the characters when he read the book reminded him enough of some of the characters in Tatami Galaxy that yeah. he was like, you know what? I don't th- he didn't say that he was using Asama Tezuka's star system, but it's a very similar idea where he took a lot of the similar character designs that he used in Tatami Galaxy, but then repurposed them to uh, fill in similar roles. Exactly. So if like, um, you know, I, I have Nintendo on my mind set to the, a Nintendo panel, but if you look at like Majora's Mask, like all the characters are straight ripped from Ocarina of Time, but they're in a new setting. They are characterized very differently than they are in the original game. So I feel like this mirrors these two series as well. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, what do you like about the movie? That inexplicably in the middle just randomly turns into a musical. It does. <laughs> more, more importantly, it turns into like a modern opera. Yeah. Not just a musical, uh, an opera. Yeah. And, and that's what really got me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The whole movie is just really good. I mean, it's uh, like, do we want to talk about, well, the, like the basic okay, outline so, of it? or? Sure, let's go for it. I mean, because it's just a sort of weird. I mean, I kind of want to both talk up surreal and magical realism at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it kind of borders on that. Magical it, realism, I'd say, is a good like genre. It's basically bit. about one girl's night on the town, but that whole night on the town seems to last, you know, forever. <laughs> and the people they meet and the events that they have are decidedly... There's just this undercurrent of maybe something mystical going on, but they never really point at it and go, this is magic. And and so it's just this little sort of this, and that most of the characters are drunk off their butt through the movie is also. (laughs) I think the movie, like um, sort of generally speaking, like it uses these um, fantastical elements to sort of explore like human emotions and Mm -hmm. especially like the uh, the ennui of being in your uh, mid to late twenties and uh, being post college and like not really knowing what to do with your life, uh, which I can't say that I'm there either. But whatever. Um, <laughs> so uh, it it is kind of that kind of movie, but it takes everything and exaggerates it to such a fun and uh, enjoyable degree, and like is so exaggerated both in the things that happen and in the way that they happen. So it's just a lot of fun, I guess. And it does use uh, the, this whole theme of uh, getting drunk, basically, because she drinks all throughout the night. She's got the uh, the stamina of a horse. All these other people are falling, you know, under the table. They're wasted. And she keeps going, keeps trucking throughout the entire film. She's t- she drinks all that and still remains sober. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, for those of you who've ever had like been wasted in college or what have you, you, you that feeling you get where everything's just you know awesome and everything's fun and everything just so impactful. I feel like we talk about that, that magical realism, those, the, uh, the, um, the aesthetic all throughout. I think embodies that same because there's so many epic moments in this film all throughout, from beginning literally to the last scene, that is, just feels, that, feels like that drunken euphoria. 
And it's a love story. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the saga of Don Underpants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and all the coincidences that are complete and utter coincidences, not in any way manufactured. That was probably my favorite part of the whole movie, both of the romance subplots, because normally I don't like that kind of stuff because it's usually not written well in a lot of the things that I've consumed. But um, the um, young man that's after her and then the other young man that's after the girl that he was acting with when they were in high school, I think. Um, they're both very heartfelt and they never come across as like sinister or weird. And yes, of course, they're trying to like go out of their way to do everything to impress these um, young ladies, but it just feels so true and um, really fun to watch them kind of go through it. It's really silly, too. Like, honestly, I didn't realize that I had a favorite Japanese author mm -hmm. uh, until uh, Tomihiko Mamori came about, and mostly <laughs> it's because of anime I discovered it because so many of his works have now been adapted because I loved mm -hmm. Tatami Galaxy. I've loved the eccentric family. Mm -hmm. You know, I love oh, this good. movie. Um, I haven't seen Penguin High, but I read the book. Uh, oh, and the nice. book was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, we got to see the movie in theaters. We did a podcast episode on it. It's really fun as well. It's it's uh, similar in some ways. It's um, it's like if you crossed Lou over the wall with the Night of Shore Walk on Girl, you would get something like Penguin Highway. Yeah, you're the ones that told me the book was out. I was like, oh, and I immediately downloaded it to my Kindle. In so. a beautiful hardcover. <laughs> yeah. On Kindle. On Kindle. <laughs> it's really weird. Do they make softback Kindles? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, a like a tortilla. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then maybe Ooh. just sort of as a uh, you know a little side tangent there. I know we love Tangent Town here on the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Love you, Bill. But while Tatami Galaxy and Night is Short are both done by Siren Saru and have that kind of style that we saw in the trailer, Exixer uh, Family and Ping and Highway are done by very different studios. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really interesting to see Morimi's you know, charm of those original works bleed through regardless of what art style it presented that. And I think it's just it really speaks to how like relatable and real and fun the characters are. Yeah, exactly. Like um and Tobias you can probably speak to this more because you are the Tatami Galaxy nut uh, and I haven't seen very much of it but um change that. Yeah I know. I'm I'm working on it. Um, the Tatami Galaxy seems to take these sort of similar ideas that the Night is Short has, but has more of a cynical tinge to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was probably just a product of uh, what Morimi was thinking and doing in his life at the time. But the Night is Short sort of takes the same sort of anxieties about, about life and relationships, but has a more positive outlook on it. And that's one of the things that I really connected with about this movie is the fact that um, Otome, or the black-haired girl, is like so positive about life like even though she interacts with things that are like really depressing and people who are like going through legitimate struggles and things like that she still retains this positive outlook and i think that's just a wonderful uh wonderful way to do life and she brings a bit of that positivity into the life of people who really need it sometimes yeah exactly like there's that whole uh, back and forth scene whenever she interacts with the uh the old man character who's just like He's drinking to die, but she's drinking to live sort of thing. And that whole dichotomy of, like, you can either choose to use life to do this sad thing, or you could choose to uh, use life to do happy, fun things. Um, you don't have to necessarily succumb to your suffering, even, even if your suffering is entirely valid. Yeah, and to kind of you know, jump off what you were saying, I believe both the Tommy Galaxy and Night is Short 
are both stories about growing up, but very vastly different uh, ways in telling that story. So mm-hmm. Tommy Galaxy is more cynical. We have the main character is an adolescent narcissist. He believes he's better than everybody else. And when, when he's disappointed... And his name is Tobias McNabb. Oh, uh, he should be, honestly. <laughs> he's called me for a reason uh, all throughout. And uh, while he's cur- always disappointed in every episode of Tommy Galaxy, he blames it on everybody else up until the end. Well, here we have Otome wanting to cross that threshold into adulthood, but really enjoy her life for one last night. And I think that she's just, she's honestly just a better character than Watashi from Tatami Galaxy. And I feel like this is more positive. Even though we have, uh, you know, the Watashi analog here, I don't remember his name in this movie, but he's pretty much senpai. the same character. I think it's just Senpai. Senpai. Yeah, just just senpai. senpai. Okay. Um, yeah. He's, uh, he's written, I think he's written better in this film. He still is in, in love with her and still pursues her, kind of like the Tatami Galaxy analog. He's not an asshole about it. I like he is in Tatami Galaxy, to be honest. And I, I like that characterization here. I feel like this is a lot more heartfelt and mm-hmm. would be more enjoyable to a wider audience. I, I do wonder if, in some ways, because Tatami Galaxy was sort of a first run, and then he got to go, well, these are things I liked saying about, you know, in this one. Now to this movie, well, let's, I see things. Let me try a different, different tact here. Let me give me a chance to actually sort of, you know, reverse things and show another side to this sort of thing, and so it really, it really does make it feel like they're a really good like pairing. Like it, it's it's we now have like the you know the jelly and the peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the players. Who is your favorite character? Tori, you haven't said so much. Do you want to talk about this? You want to take this one first? Yeah. Why not? Um, I really loved Otome, um, just because like we had talked about just a few minutes ago. She's so carefree she's a little bit ditzy but not in a way that gets her into too much trouble and not in a way that feels like demeaning i guess if that makes sense like but um she just cares so much about everybody and she cares about having fun and um bringing everybody in on it no matter how ridiculous the situation is that she's getting everybody and herself into um i wish i could be that happy all the time and not really care about anything like that and go out and have fun, drunken escapades in the town with everybody. But um, yeah, I really liked her, and um, I like how her characterization came across, and um, very quickly she became my favorite, so, yep. (laughs) Tobias? I'm gonna go last, because I have so many, and I don't want to step on any toes. Awesome, well then let's just reverse back down, right back down to Austin. Oh sure, I mean, well, my my real favorite character is of course Otome, for exactly the reasons why Tori, that Tori explained, because she's just great. Uh, she's a little ball of sunshine, um, but I guess my favorite, just because I relate to him so much, is the God of Used Books, because <laughs> that is totally me. Uh, he's just this little brat kid who is this deity of the uh, the used books, the used book like tent or whatever. It's yeah, not it's a like store; a it's like a market. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah open air market. Um, and uh, he's just this little brat who knows way too much about like used media and stuff. And like that's that's totally me because I go to the used bookstore way too much, like multiple times a week, and just walk around and get those sweet used deals. So uh, I like him a lot. And uh, he's, he's another one of those, uh, like what you said about the Tezuka star system. So that yeah. little character um, is very visually based on another character from Tatami Galaxy, who is much more of a, how would you uh, describe Ozu? He's a, he's a demon in human clothing. A demon in cl- human clothing. Ozu is a professional troll. Yeah, and, but the god of used books is not like that at all. He's, he's, he's just a brat kid. Yeah, he's there for blessings. Yeah, he's there, there for blessings, yeah. 
okay, the real answer is Otome. But since we've talked so much about <laughs> it, I, no, I really like, because um, I don't think, does anybody even have a name in this movie? Um, I, I like the, her two drinking buddies, mm. the guy who is probably a Tengu and the other oh, girl yeah. who are just keep showing up where she is and they're just going where the booze is <laughs> and they're just there to provide commentary on the what's going on around them. And they're like the Greek chorus. Yeah. <laughs> that was my answer. Oh. <laughs> that was my answer. A Tommy, but I can't say that. So uh, can't say God. Mm. Don Underpants. Like, yeah, there we go, Don Underpants, the, 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 the secret leader, the, the secret police of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always forget that there's this weird, like, conspiracy surveillance angle in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's, like, it, it's there. And, and it, it's this, but this movie, it must move so many, goes so many places and does so many things. Mm -hmm. And it does it all so effortlessly. It's yeah. really right. easy to forget, like, moments like that. And I was just about to bring that up because, like, when we were talking about Tomiko Market, there's a lot of uh, threads within the story, and most of them don't wrap up or go anywhere. But so much is going on in this movie. You're very entranced with it, but it never feels like you don't understand where anything is going to go or what's going to be the product of the situation. So it's a very tight writing for so much um, chaoticness yeah. to be going on. As it does that pretty well, even though, yeah, you are kind of wandering in little snapshots of other people's lives yeah, as, yeah. as her adventure takes her to various places. This is a weird thought jump, but uh, I've been having this, uh, having these movies on my mind recently because I just recently watched Hot Fuzz again. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like an Edgar Wright movie in that way, where it's got a huge cast of like supporting characters in addition to the main characters, but everyone kind of gets their moments, they get their little arc, um, and, and then it kind of wraps up reasonably well, I guess. So yeah. it's a weird jump but you know movies film kino <laughs> tobias man so many uh i would say don underpants i really like uh i like the uh, i can't remember his name in this one but he's the traveling ronin character from tommy galaxy with the big old chin yes yeah. he just yeah. is there is always just kind of hanging out uh mm. i really like the sophists too these oh, group of the old sophists, men have yeah. a club and uh Atome shows up and just uh, she drinks them under the table and they teach her the sophist dance. It's really just goofy, like they like squat down and like you know you're huffing to yourself. And she uses it later. It's almost like a like a, a video game key item where she has to use it to yeah, unlock something else later in the night. It's a but it's just gun. it just kind of shows that weird Yuasa style with them hunched over and doing this really silly crab dance. When you have a stupid dance in the first act, you're gonna have to use it in the final finale. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you outlined this in your, um, is it your surrealism panel where you talk about like Yuasa being a big fan of like Tex Avery style animation? Yeah, so as a lot of his early stuff. And this has changed more with the Lou Over the Wall and uh, Ride, Ride, on, Ride Your Wave, which is coming out, just released in Japan this month, will be out here in the States next year. More of an anime inspired style. But like, look at this. Look at Kaiba, which I show there, which looks more like a Western cartoon. Uh, Yuasa likes, you know, breaking away from the mold. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, an example is, go watch his episode of Adventure Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird because um, Lou Over the Wall and uh, Night is Short is kind of like Adventure Time for older teens and adults because it's got that same sort of feeling of just uh, exploring uh, deep human realities through the lens of absurdism. Um, and you can see a lot of that. So if you like things like Adventure Time, these things are very different from Adventure Time, but they sort of have that same kind of feel. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's one of the reasons why I think they got Yuasa to direct yeah. an episode of Adventure Time. They're like, wait, this guy is like a perfect fit to do a weird one-off thing for us, but still be thematically like appropriate for us. Right, right. Because he's weird. He knows how to do like really serious stuff and also like kids' movies. So he's he did Devil Man Cry Baby and also yeah. Lou Over the Wall. So that's two yeah. two opposites and of Devil the Devil Man extreme. Cry Baby gave us the Devil Man Run, which is yes, sort of which the is really just a sofa stance. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, but I was gonna say too, like um, this art style plays really well into a lot of the themes that uh, carry over in the works that he adapts. Um, life is really crazy. Life's really weird. Um, so seeing that kind of play out through these like really absurd animations and these character designs and when she drinks or when everybody drinks yeah. in the show, their whole body expands yeah, like yeah. in an old cartoon. Yeah, they're and, not afraid um, to make their cartoons look, look like cartoons. Ugly, <laughs> ugly, as the kids would say yeah. now. Um, but even things like the romance and you know being in love with somebody, the way they present that—that's a really weird thing. Like what goes on in our minds, you know? But we see a person and we're like, okay, they're cool. I guess I'll go pursue them. And um, seeing how that plays out in this movie with her senpai funniest thing to me so I think visually for something like this um, Yuasa was a great choice the only like um, adaptation in cinema of what it's truly like to eat super spicy ramen mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. your lips puff up larger than your face uh, that's certainly how it feels yeah. certainly <laughs> how it feels alright so let's I guess let's move on to favorite moments. Kevin, I'm picking opera. Like, I'm just letting you know, I'm picking the opera. You got the drinking buddies. I'm taking the opera. Like, I'm just letting you know right now. Uh, I'm not giving that you a chance to have my same brain again, again. I wish I could remember originally when we talked about this, what I picked. Do you remember? You got me. I I mean, I was too broken after the fact that I realized I didn't record my own audio to remember anyone else's content. Sorry. But no, like, it, like in the middle of the movie, like suddenly they're like, "Well, there's this rogue opera going around," <laughs> and they, they get involved with it, and it's a legit like modern day, more like a Simon and Garfunkel type, like, yeah. you know, opera, like gorilla street performance. Y- yeah. yeah. Well, what we don't want to talk like Kevin and I, we used to be at a local Huntsville opera theater. Yep. Wow. Like where we used to do like the high the Italian operas. Yeah, yeah, like for real operas. <laughs> and but we still like the more modern-day t- style of operas, even though we didn't really perform them. And so we're just watching this movie, and I was that was, I was not expecting that. Yeah, no. Like, just, like, great. out of nowhere, it's, it's, like, it's like when you're wandering the streets of Japan, suddenly there's young male rappers just wandering the roads. Yeah. Like, it, it's... And it was really good. Like, and it, it was a really, like, you know, thematically appropriate, and all our main p- players get involved. And they do a really good job, and everything comes to a head. And it was like, I, this is my favorite anime this year. This is one of my favorite, <laughs> like, like, it's almost up there with Redline, yeah. like, which is like yeah. my go-to like movie period. Mm-hmm. And this, man, this movie really, really spoke to me. And the opera was what it was like the glue that sort of suddenly came, pulled everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I can't have opera, <laughs> if I can't have opera, honestly, I like that our. Our protagonist was just not afraid to occasionally punch somebody if she needed to. Yep. Like, Tomodachi punch. punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your friends got a line. You sometimes got to give them a friendly punch. <laughs> using that as an excuse. Friendly punch. 
Um, favorite moments, uh, other than the entire film, I guess. Uh, what, oh, so one thing that I, I, I sort of spoke to it earlier, but one, one moment that I really love is just that scene where she's having the drinking contest with the old man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, it, it sort of just puts her in contrast with the rest of the characters and sort of lines out her overall life philosophy just like right there. Um, with she talking to this decrepit old man who's like drinking himself to death and she's just like uh, out here having a great time drinking herself, drinking because it's fun. And it's not so, it, the drinking aspect of it is not really the important part of that scene. It's just the difference between approaching, like the way that you approach life. It's like you can approach life by being a cynic and being mean to people and uh, all that stuff. Or you can approach life by being positive and being kind to people and kind to other people and wanting to, uh, you know, make friends and make meaningful connections. And to some degree, we kind of get to choose which life path we want to take. And I think it's more rewarding to do what Otome does and just grab life by the reins and go yeah. for it. No, really there. The, uh, the drinking is really just a neo-narrative device to compare the old man with all this experience and the cynicism yeah. to Otome, very you know, optimist, very optimistic. And you're yep. right, like that kind of, she wins over. They're drinking up live life in different ways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you stole mine, Sorry. so that's fine. Um, so it's been a while since I've seen this movie, and my brain, once I bring in something else, pushes out the last thing. Mm. So re correct me if I'm wrong in any way on this, if I'm misremembering, but... Um, the old man, he either gets sick because everybody's starting to get that cold yeah. or he's starting to die. And she goes to take care of him because she's going around to take care of everybody who got caught that cold. And she goes into his house and everything is like dark and dingy and all these clocks are going off. And um, then she starts to be kind to him and he's like, whoa, people can be nice. And then everything gets really colorful. Am I remembering that yeah. correctly? Yeah. I really liked that scene. Um, and it just is a very good uh, visual representation of like how easily you can change somebody by just the simplest act of kindness, and people need to do that more. <laughs> just as a quick side tangent, there's a specific uh, color director on uh, for Science Saru, and I cannot remember her name, but she is um, she's a, a digital artist, uh, not really an animator necessarily, if I'm remembering correctly. But she was behind most of the things that they've done. And uh, just the color direction in anything that Science Saru does is just insanely good. It's just incredible. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, just the way that they uh, use color to tell stories. Nguyen Che, who worked on uh, some of the Space Dandy episodes as well. Mm -hmm. Might be who you're referring to. No, it's somebody it's else? not her. It's somebody okay. else. It's like somebody on a lower okay. lower rung. Um, just the background color. Yeah, background so color director person. But I mean, I'll say this: like the newer Yuasa stuff, the colors pop a lot more than they used to. Not that they yeah. were bad to begin with at all, but you know, you see the color, the the color palettes in United Short, whether the you know, the, the dusk, the nighttime, that really dark mm -hmm. blue, purple, and even though over the wall has more of a brighter pastels, you know, palette there. I think. You're, you're absolutely spot on there. Mm -hmm. That picture right there with her drinking out of the cherry cherry soda was my phone wallpaper for like six months. <laughs> All right. So, Tobias, what's your favorite moment? All of them. Oh, the cool. entire two-hour runtime of this movie. <laughs> it's, it's hard because, uh, you know, we use her as the main vehicle, but she goes and sees all these little uh, groups of people. And we talk about the old man. You know, yeah. We talk about, like, the traveling play. Uh, there's so many little segments where it's her interacting with these people, and it's like the, we talk about the spicy ramen. Like I love the way the spicy yeah. ramen scene looks. They're uh, they're basically a bunch of characters are having to compete to get a rare book out of a uh, book collector's collection, 
And the challenge is they have to eat this incredibly spicy ramen uh, with these huge chunks of meat and vegetables that are bigger than your head. And the way they animate these, you know, them eating it, their, their whole mouths and the lips just wrapping around and huge cheeks full of food. And, and the, the ramen suffering. shop looks like hell. It does, yeah. It's all <laughs> red and... Um, yeah. Eventually, they start hallucinating and see frogs and snakes like coming out of the <laughs> yeah. ramen. It's just so visually outstanding. It's just uh, this magical, drunken adventure through the fairyland of modern Kyoto. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think my favorite really is the ending scene. So after yeah. everything is said and done, everybody's drunk, everybody's sick and hungover, and it's up to Atome to deliver uh, it's either medicine or food. Yeah, uh, to everybody. And there's a storm brewing at the same time, so she's literally struggling to get to everywhere, ending with, uh, you know, Senpai. And just the way it's animated there in a very Yuasa style, yeah. there's uh, Johnny the Cowboy, one of his, uh, you know, older meme, I guess, sort of characters, shows up there. And it's just the way it's animated, and you, you can feel that challenge that she's going through to get to the end of the night. Do, if I remember correctly, doesn't this movie go through like all four seasons in one night? Yes. yes. Yeah, and then yes. the ending scene is like them in winter with a blizzard and stuff yeah, like so that. It's all been one night. Yeah, one night. <laughs> one epic night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I, you know, from the get go, when we first meet uh, Senpai, and his, and he lays out all his crazy plans were in his brain, like, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I do these these things, and all these dominoes work just right. She is going to fall in love with me. And it never works. I mean, I'm like, that I, man, 15-year-old me relates. I, I, I can see that. And, oh, senpai guy, who is, like, always, like, three steps behind man through most of the stories. Like, he's always going through a place she was just at. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. Really and I like that that's there, that sort of romantic comedy aspect is there. But it's never the primary concern of the movie. It's about Atome specifically. Yeah. And sure, romance is, I mean, part of growing up, of course. But it's like it's not pushing that, I guess, uh, you know, heteronormative view of you know what romance should be. It's all about her specifically and her journey more so than anything else. Mm -hmm. So uh, a question for me to y'all is, you know, this is a, you know, it's very absurd, it's very sur surrealistic. Um, <laughs> How much do you think of what you're seeing on the screen is actually happening versus what you think is going on in their heads? 100% of it is all happening in real life. I want to say that too, but you know when you're really, really just blitzed out of your mind and everything else seems so like grandiose and everything's so fluid and you just feel like you're kind of like moving through the seventh dimension. I want to say that like maybe a good 50% of it is actually happening, but the way that they're processing it because everybody's absolutely wasted seems a lot more ridiculous than it actually is. But who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how to answer that question, uh, honestly. I feel like just like the Tommy Galaxy, there's so much imagery that's just meant to convey emotions, whether it's, you know, frustration from, from that earlier series or exploration here. Uh, who knows, man? I mean, you give all the basic plot lines. She gets drunk, you know, all night. Uh, I don't think anybody could drink that much alcohol, honestly, but, you know, she managed to do so. It's really more of a parable of growing up. Yeah. So whether or not it actually happened, uh, I don't know, but it's still a, a good story to explore these feelings in a very unique way. Yep. Well, you know, 100% real. Absolutely. There's Heck an yeah, actual Kevin. God of used books. Heck yeah. Dude's a, like a Tengu walking around humans. Yeah. I don't know what the other girl is, but <laughs> she's some sort of fairy creature. Old man is making weird fairy deals, for, and you got to drink them under the table. <laughs> you, you're probably like going to hell if you fail. I don't know. It's all real. 
It's all real, man. I mean, the I, truth I, is out there. It's real. Storm Area real. 51. <laughs> I mean, it, well, thanks for dating this episode, of Kevin, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, which is perfectly fine. Like, I, I, I think it's better if it's all real. Um, like, well, I, I love seeing this this magical like cartoon wonderland. Oh yes, like of a movie, and there's no there's no reason for it to be realistic. And right. Also, with the author's works, I mean, you know, eccentric family. It's it is a bunch of tanuki, you know, yeah, and, and Tengu bit, and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and the Penguin Highway. There were there were penguins. Oh yeah, they were doing highway, their penguin yeah. thing. You know, it's. I need to actually read that book. I don't know what it's actually about. The penguins were a metaphor. But they were also there because the townspeople saw them, so they were a real yeah. metaphor. I mean, like yeah. my serious answer, it's real by virtue of that. This is what we're seeing. Yeah. And it's you know, it's really what's real is really all about what you experience, anyways. Yeah. And really, with all of these things and anything like this, it's more about the emotional truths than the literal ones, anyway. Because it's a cartoon, but yeah. it explores some real human emotional truths, and that's 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 the main takeaway. I just like tickling my brain with, you know, anything made by Japan that I can create analogs to, like, fairy lore, so, um, because I'm weird. Does the religious symbolism in Evangelion matter? No. Well, <laughs> it looks cool, but, um... <laughs> but, th- but then you got things like, for example, there is, like, the, uh, the, the Western, you know, religious symbolism in Eva, whereas in this movie, it's very much more based in traditional, you know, Japanese, you know, Symbolism and folklore and whatnot, like you know, we're we're talking about like land gods and things, yeah. you know, that is very much you know, part of their culture, uh, but but brought to life in this. I'm movie. gonna have to stop you right there, Basil, because uh, we, the Third Impact Anime Podcast, do not like Evangelion at all. I mean, I'd believe it uh, <laughs> yeah. at least from like I don't know, probably at least from like 150 or cast of like 40 people. Oh. <laughs> 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 I had to subsume a whole other podcast just to feel that I had to catch up. Like, it was... We've been there, too. All right, so let's... To to wrap things up, what are your big takeaways from the movie? Biggest takeaways? Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh... I mean, it's great. It's, uh, you know, thematically, I appreciate what they were doing with her character. I think it is a... uh, you know, more positive uh, parable of growing up than uh, than the, some of the earlier works. There, it's just a great film to watch. You know, whether you're just yourself crossing that threshold into adulthood, or if you're, you're an old man like me who's uh, seen that coming gone. It's a very uh, uh, romantic, not in the love love sense, but in the very you know passionate you know, feeling. You know, of, and experiencing that again, a very nostalgic feel. Uh, that I appreciate all throughout there. I appreciate all these individual characters and the way they give them all enough screen time where it does feel like a very condensed TV series in a good kind of way, not not bad at all. And uh, how we're able to explore these characters through Otome as well. Uh, so again, I would highly recommend checking this out if you haven't. It's absolutely worth a watch. Um, I just remembered the subplot about the train book and her, like, Choo 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 throughout the entire thing. So like, be the happy train throughout life. Basically, um, she still takes things seriously, but she has so much fun while doing it. And I think that's kind of a good way to live life. Sort of like, um, you know, take it take it seriously because you only get one. But at the same time, like, make it fun. Go out, meet people, have these experiences, and do all this fun stuff instead of just not. I guess so. Um, just the overall, like, um, 
love for life and you said like that romantic feeling it kind of like romanticizes life and yeah. you know even though a lot of bad things happen you can kind of still look at it like that i think maybe um since you guys kind of outlined what i would say and talking about like the story of the film um and the way that it plays out um i'll i'll take this question and answer it sort of metatextually and say like it's a really weird good fun anime movie and I think when you can go out and support and watch weird, fun, good anime, go do it and make sure you watch all of it so that more of it gets made. Uh, if you like The Night is Short, Walk on Girl, uh, and if you like The Tatami Galaxy or Lou Over the Wall or Devilman Crybaby or whatever, go watch stuff like that so that Yuasa can get more work so that he can make more cool things. Um, and buy the Blu-rays and watch the streams and all that stuff. Um, and for anything like this, anything experimental and strange that sort of breaks the uh, the standard anime mold, I would say go out there and support it and enjoy it because it's it's um, weird and unique for a reason. And if you support it, we can get more of it. So, Kevin. Well, I say, think you know. Sometimes that person you're into is really real. Seems really really awesome, and then you get to know them, and they're a different person maybe than you thought they were but they're still really, really awesome. <laughs> that applies to two couples in this anime. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I very much, yeah, it's, my takeaway was like, you know, enjoy life. And I, I actually really related to the old man <laughs> a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a man who's about to enter his 40s. You know, in the world of anime cons, I should be in the grave, like it feels like so many times. And to see Otome, who is, who is, who is younger, um, be like, no, man, you can still enjoy life. It's fine. You're not there yet. There's still probably lots of life, you know, left to live. And, and, and that's a really good message. Um, and, and many ways, all over there in the third impact, you, you wonderful, crazy kids, you know. You know, there, there have been times where I'm like, you know, maybe do I enjoy podcasting, but do I? But then, and I met y'all, and it's very similar. Like, you know, and like, you know, I really, we should do more of it. We should really you know, focus, hunker down on it, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun time, you know, anime's for everyone, yeah. you know, whether yeah. you're young, whether you're old, it doesn't matter, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess to kind of like jump off what you were saying, Austin, as well, about supporting this stuff, we are in a golden age of anime cinema right now, especially here in the States. You know, 10 years ago, if you told me there were anime movies in theaters, it would have been Pokemon, if that, Studio Ghibli movies. But every single month, there is a new film being brought over, you know, in your theater. Sound, Event, Sound Euphonium last week. Yeah, Sound Euphonium was last week. They had a uh, Whisper of the Heart you saw yeah. recently as mm -hmm. well. We had both Night is Short and Lou Over the Wall were in theaters last year. We have Oko's In. Uh, we have Promare coming in September. Going to love to see that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, every month, there is something going on. So if you, I'm sure Huntsville, and you probably can back me up on this. Huntsville yeah. usually gets those, those movies. Not you as them much. Them. But boy, well, I'm surprised no, we, how much we're getting. We, we are. Well, I, I think it's a really interesting take for the uh, the modern day movie theater, where things are you know becoming more and more streaming based. You know, people aren't buying the discs like they, they're still buying discs. Actually, yeah. the it's it's not that that entry is not gone. Yeah. Um, but streaming is definitely there, and I do think um, that the movie theater industry definitely has gotten hit a little bit about this sort of thing. And I think one of the ways, you know, 
and that's why things like oh, what's that company that does it that does it now? Fathom, Fathom, Fathom. You know, I, I think they they kind of sort of bubbled up as a way to be able to get specialty yeah. movie showings. Yep. You know, on yeah. off nights where you normally don't yeah. get people coming. Right. And also with the things like you know Time Warner slash AT and T, you know, owning you know Crunchyroll, you know, uh, Sony, you know buying Funimation and putting mm-hmm. actual effort into it and real money yeah. into it. We're now getting into a weird mainstream of anime because the big money wants into it now. Yep. You know, when this came, went to the theater for Night Short Walk On Girl, that theater was packed. Oh, good. That's awesome. Way more than the Massacre Z film. Yeah, we, but, you know, we'd also got to see the Massacre <laughs> Z film, yeah. and that was great. Ironically, things have skipped us, but we, we're getting a lot of them here, too. Yeah, so. ironically enough, we had, because uh, uh, in, in our town, we only had Mazinger Z for one night, but we had Night of Short for, like, two weeks. Oh, wow. It was wow. weird. It ran for a surprisingly long while. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly we had more people from Mazinger than this one, which is kind of funny, now that you've said what you said. Yeah, and we're in a time when things like the My Hero Academia and Dragon Ball movie oh, will yeah. actually register on the charts for, you know, best movies of, you know, the weekend, you know. Yeah. It seems like, though, whenever we go see the anime movies, we always get put in that one little theater, and it's only us and maybe one other person that we decide to take, but... Go to for these events runs them longer than other people, and I'm not sure if they're allowed to do that, so I'm not going to name drop them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, the cool thing about that is not only do you get to see anime movies in theaters every month, but because these movies that come out are can be so drastically different than the normal TV stuff we get. Like, sure, Sound Euphonium it was a TV series, <clears throat> but I mean, I think you guys would back me up. Sound Euphonium is great, it's an amazing Two-two. work by itself. You know, we had Night is Short and Lou Over the Wall, very different films. Uh, Asylum Voice, I uh, got a replay earlier this, uh, this year and was uh, a few years back as well. So if you want something a little beyond the normal experience, you know, whatever Shonen show is coming out this season, just follow up on Fathom Events or G-Kids, see what's being put out and go to your theater and see it. You, I, I can't say you will never be disappointed, but there's a wider breadth of, you know. Remember Fireworks? Remember the Napping Princess? Fireworks wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I was expecting. It was average. Yeah. I mean, they show up for like, from the people behind your name, the one producer. One producer. <laughs> yeah. The producer behind your name. And it's very much a shaft show, uh, like a shaft uh, thing. Yeah. So, like, if you like Bakamonogatari and that whole, like, side look, when I mean, you look over your shoulders and break your neck, uh, I think there's a couple things in fireworks. Yeah. I didn't hate fireworks, but yeah. it wasn't as good as I was, as they led me to believe it was. Yeah, yeah. That said, of course, right now you can't, you know, what you, how, bleh, edit, edit that out. <laughs> Live. Um... The Night is Short Walk on Girl, now you can buy it on Blu-ray. You can buy it through the various streaming ways like Google or Apple or Amazon or what have you. It's like three bucks probably. Um, But yeah, you should totally go see it. Um, So let's wrap things up. Let's talk about where people can find us. Again, we're we're currently a a, a podcast, you know, power to some here. So um, I'll go in order of slides. Yo, Kevin and I, we're the awesome cast. You can yep. find us at osmcast.com. Please check us out. My Twitter is at its basal time. And mine's at twitless underscore Kevin. And then to the right of us. Yeah, we are Third Impact Anime. We are a panelist and podcasting group that does panels and podcasts about anime and anime-adjacent content. 
Uh, you can find us most easily at thirdimpactanime.com. And the reason we are here at Hamacon this year is because of the kind people at Hamacon and the awesome cast. So thank you, Basil and Kevin, and by extension, everyone, uh, for having us out and for uh, putting on this particular panel so we can talk to these great folks who wanted to come out. Uh, my name is Austin. You can find me most easily on Twitter, and that's at BebopShock. That's Bebop as in Cowboy Bebop, and Shock as in Bioshock, even though Basil tells me that that's irrelevant and I should find something else. That's right. No, it should be U.S. Shock. Okay, Anna, all right, we're going to edit this part out, and we're <laughs> just going to, all right, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a clip of U.S. Shock, the Fist of the North Star opening, okay. and you're going to cut out the U.S. Shock part, and you're just going to dub over U.S. Shock when he, when he, when he says yeah. <laughs> shock, shock, like in U.S. Shock, you know? <laughs> See, I, great. I would say that one, but I have not gotten into Fist of the North Star yet, so it, I feel like a poser. Look, tired is Bioshock. Yeah. Fist of the North Star will always be wired. Fair enough. Fair it enough. will always be wired. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket, but yeah. 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 As they say, a man chooses a slave obeys. Uh, anyway, so thank you for having us out. It was a lot of fun. This is my first time in Alabama, and it's been cool. I've eaten a lot of good food, and that's my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm Tori, part of Third Impact, and you can find me on Twitter at WorstWaifu, and I usually post about what I'm reading, watching, playing, and um, all that kind of fun stuff. So talk to me there. So before I introduce our, I guess, sign-off, I should say, I did want to point out that if you see our cards in that slide, that really awesome logo we have in green, the word yeah. Impact Anime, uh, we want to thank Basil for that specifically. Uh, he is a graphic design genius, and mm -hmm. he, uh, uh, as, you know, from the, gen from the deep, uh, you know, from the deep generosity of his heart, he was able to, uh, you know, make this awesome logo that we, we love and enjoy so much, uh, I think you'd agree it's better. I don't want to. Oh no, it is much better than okay. what I made. I don't want to. I don't want to put you down here for oh, no. all these people, but it's that a last lot logo was doo doo. <laughs> this one is amazing. <laughs> it's a lot better on a one. So <laughs> and then you can see it right there. I love that logo so so much. So again, thank you, ba thank you, Basil Hime, for <laughs> <laughs> for making us that logo. You're incredibly welcome. <laughs> and uh, of course, going to echo uh, these guys. You know, thank you so much for having us out for this. Uh, Unfortunately, last Hamacon, uh, even before I met these nerds here uh, at a few North Carolina conventions, I was, I've been going to Hamacon for about five years now, and I wouldn't be where I was here today as a panelist and podcaster were it not for the opportunities that you know Basil and the awesome cast and the Hama crew in general have provided to me yeah. uh, over the past five years. So thank you again for that. Hopefully we'll see you at Anime Week in Atlanta. Yeah. So uh, I am Tobias McNabb. Um, you can find me uh, at on Twitter at Reverend underscore Tobias. Apparently, with, it's with two S's. <laughs> Look, hey. Reverend Tobias. You, for you, some reason, you've got but it. But it's man. actually just I, one. I, S. I'm going to say, like, you, you got that back. Like, it's like you know, just back <laughs> it up. Um, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, we are on Facebook as well. So if you do that, we have a Facebook group community. So if mm -hmm. that's kind of more your bag, you can join there and. Usually it's Austin posting relevant news stories, and we do some discussion there. So if you're not so much on Twitter, we have that Facebook there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you all very much for attending. Thanks to everyone else who hopefully get this audio out so everyone's listening. And until then, we'll see you next time. <laughs>